Pazinska. 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 Um, Not ski? No, 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 no. Oh, oh. I didn't even realize we're alive. So yeah, I, yeah, sorry, folks. Um, we we have a guest coming on whose name I've butchered forty two different ways, which I know is really amazing and unusual to a lot of people that I would do such a thing. You've heard crunch time go so well for us up. over the years. Okay, I'm looking this up. You're looking it up. Pazinska, right? Yes, you got it. Nice job. Okay. Well done. So we should get okay. this right. If he if he shows up, I mean, it's a live show after all. You just never know. Yeah. Um, so one other thing that showed up today uh, on my Twitter feed real quickly here is uh, this um, from Todd Crawford. <laughs> Seems to me that whenever Frank Rossi's around UMHB, great things happen. It's a blessing for the crew and a curse to others. Three opponents in the last 12 months. Wow. Yep. Um, Thanks for throwing me under the bus there, Todd. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, JB, going to be uh, boarding a plane soon uh, to go to Dallas, Texas, uh, and have a long day tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, we'll uh, talk more about what's going on with that. However, uh, not to start uh, too down and out here, uh, we're going to be talking about the center game uh, against Trine, and uh, Trenton Duper on a lot of people's minds still here. He's Still having a little rough go of it, uh, but still uh, the sarcoma he has, uh, he's hopefully going to be able to beat it uh, through the chemotherapy. Uh, the tumor size was just so huge. I was reading the other day that they could not operate to take it out, so chemo is the only real solution okay. for him. So prayers right. for Trenton. I know he's going to be with his team in spirit this weekend as he's back home uh, trying to recover from his last hospital stay still. Good luck, Trenton. Yeah, well, speaking of... Cancer. This is we're going gold for a pediatric cancer awareness month. Um, I think it was about nine years ago. Yesterday, we met our little hero, Mighty Mikey Weinstein, through the friends of Jacqueline and the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. Um, the Birmingham Southern Panthers are putting on a game against Division Two Pace, and they're raising money for um, Children's of Alabama. As you can see, I, I made a donation. They were kind enough to send me up this gold shirt, so we're wearing this today and. Uh, honor Mikey and for anybody, um, pediatric or otherwise, that's battling cancer. So, um, you know, it's gold, gold month. And uh, I, I'd like to say something else about cancer, but I think we'll just keep that, uh, <laughs> we'll keep that off the air. I need the radio edit for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, folks, beep. cancer sucks. Cancer. And it rhymes with that, what he wants to say. Uh, so we'll just go with that. Yep. And uh, with uh, that note, we got a lot of big games coming up here in week four, not just the one uh, that uh, has some purple powers. This is purple. I know today, for some reason, my lighting's a little bit off here. But uh, we've yeah, got a lot a more than that. Question that I have, I'll have a funny question for you about that in a little bit, about rivals with the same color pattern, because I, I just realized that that's kind of unusual, but it's happening here. Harden-Simmons is having a purple out against their rival that also wears purple. Maybe this weekend they'll be in gold, though. I will not be in purple. That's all I'm going to say on the sideline this weekend. <laughs> Season 15, live show of In the Huddle.
to win the game by Anthony Avila. And they just get it away. The kick is up. And good. Mary Hunt Baylor wins it as a brother. A 42-yard field goal. And the Bulls has called I thought it was uh, time to do something with a little pomp and circumstance for a big game. What do you think? <laughs> Couldn't have done much better than that. And I guess maybe just a, a point of clarification for fans out there that did, weren't aware. The, the game one and two in 2018, one was a regular season, and then I think one was a playoff game, actually, right? So there, that's, that was the reason why there were two games. Initially, I was like, was this the first game that Frank went to live? And the second game was, you've been to a few of these now. Never in Albaline, though, as far as I know, right? You've just been to Belton? Belton all the way. Never. Uh, this is only the okay. second uh, crew uh, Cowboys matchup I've gone to. The Tussle in Texas, we're calling it. We'll see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's there's no good word that goes with Abilene. I know our friend Greg Thomas is trying to work with something on Quick Hits today with respect to that. But I will give you one stat that really exemplifies what really is happening in this uh, series. And we'll talk a lot more about it later on in the show. It's been 21 years since Harden-Simmons won the season versus UMHB because the two years that they won in 2004 and 2015, since uh, that 2001 game that they won, they split a series because of the playoff game uh, that was also played that year. So never in since 2001 has Harden-Simmons owned Mary Harden-Baylor for that season. Think about that for a second. As we go to our week four games of the week, and Abilene is just part of the fun here, JB, uh, and I'm going to let you take it away here, uh, and uh, okay. you can t- talk about some of the games that we've picked here and uh, what we like about them, etc. Well, you only get one Friday night game this week, Frank. Just one. Only one. <laughs> Moravian versus Hopkins in a uh, Centennial Conference clash. I think you know Hopkins in the top ten. Probably the heavy favorite there, but at least you got some Friday night lights, D3 football. Pretty soon the Friday night games, I think, are going to be going away for for a while, if not for good. Um, But at least you get one tonight. And then in regions one and two, we have an interesting mix of games. Salisbury's coming up to Western New England for an interesting matchup, a, a rematch from last year that the Gulls won. You know, can the Bears hang with this, you know, pretty solid um, NJAC team? Remains to be seen. The UU versus UC, Utica versus Union, both teams are undefeated. Big game for upstate New York bragging rights and, and recruiting. Uh, Colby and Trinity in the NESCAC. Colby sort of stunned the New England uh, small college fans with a, with a solid win over defending champs Williams. Trinity, led by my local uh, neighbor Spencer Fetter, is trying to establish themselves as the new kings of the NESCAC. We'll see how that goes in Hartford on Saturday. Salve versus Rowan, another... Uh, kind of Jersey and Jack versus New England game. You know, the Seahawks are a little banged up. Rowan is, is, is looking pretty strong. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Norwich is going to try to carry the momentum of the Maple Sap game uh, into Endicott, who, as I've said on this podcast and when we were talking to our friend Matt Noonan on the Noontime podcast, I still feel like Endicott is the class of, of Region 1 from a New England perspective. DelVal is a different story, obviously. Kalamazoo versus Alfred, a very interesting Michigan versus upstate New York matchup you don't see very often. Kalamazoo's off to a strong start. 
Alfred's looking for their first win. Can they get it this weekend? Hard to say. And then this last game, last but not least, Ursinus versus Franklin and Marshall in the Centennial. Obviously, the Bears had a big win um, last weekend over Muhlenberg. Second year in a row, they've upset them, uh, the Mules, when they were ranked in the top 25. And, uh, you know, they have to watch out for the Diplomats because they almost came back and, and knocked off Susquehanna, which is another team contending in the Centennial, just like your Sinus is. So your Sinus is off to a good start in the Centennial race. And they'll need some potential help from a certain player to, to get a win over the Diplomats in Lancaster this weekend. That player is uh, with us right now. That's Jack Sinitsk. Okay. I, I practiced the entire time. Pazinska. Yeah, of course. Is that right, Jack? Yeah. Pazinska. Jack, how are you? Can you hear me? We can hear you I'm just doing fine. Good. You? good, good. Good, man. Um, yeah, it's Pazinska. Pazinska. Close yep. enough? Okay. We're, yeah, we're going to get this enough. right. If you keep playing the way you're playing, uh, you know, this season, I'm going to make sure I get that right because I believe it's 11 touchdowns, <laughs> two interceptions so far this season. You nearly Russell took down Spurrier. Hopkins, and instead of folding last week, you guys did it. You got Muhlenberg for the second straight year. What was the feeling after that game compared to after the Hopkins game, Jack? Uh, I mean – Complete opposite of the spectrum. Uh, I mean, the week before, I'm not going to lie, it hurt a lot. It hurt the team. Um, but one thing we kept preaching, just you got to move on to the next one. And that's kind of like the same thing we got this week. You just got to keep moving on. And uh, we knew Muhlenberg was going to come in with a lot of vengeance and try to take us off because uh, what happened last year. But uh, we knew if we just played our game, weather the storm, uh, we would be fine. But, yeah, just completely different feelings. feels a lot better uh, this week than it did last week, I'll tell you that. I bet, absolutely. But you guys are now going to go on a road trip down to Lancaster to, to play the Diplomats, who are a pretty dangerous team. And we, we talked about them last week. Their secondary had, I think, a um, three or four interception game. You know, certainly a team to, to keep an eye on. How do you not look past these guys? Because the week after, if it doesn't get any easier, you got to play Susquehanna. So if you want to stay in this, in this centennial race, how do you guys lock in and focus on F&M for this weekend? Um, I mean, the biggest thing we, uh, like I said, we just go want to know each week. Um, it's it, college football is a lot different than high school and other levels of football. Um, every week you could be playing one of the worst teams or the best teams and any, anyone can win. So, uh, I think we just been preaching this week. Just don't get complacent. Um, we haven't really won anything yet. We haven't got a ring a championship or anything like that. So, um, we know we, we have everything ahead of us that we want to do. So. Kind of just looking, looking forward to go one to know each week, and that's kind of, kind of all we've been preaching. Jack, I've noticed something about you. I, I did a little research, and uh, you're going to hate me for some of the research I did later on in this interview, uh, but um, maybe not. I, we'll see how you feel about it. But uh, the research here is uh, you are six feet one sixty, and I'm having this funny feeling that uh, a lot I'll, of people. I'll say one sixty-five. Oh, wait, he's put on some weight. Okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> He, he ate some uh, good food uh, down there, and uh, he, he's, he's getting it up. But still, let's face it, a lot of people would not look at you as a prototypical college quarterback. Did you have to kind of fight that notion, even in high school, about playing the position? And uh, what has your road been to your sinus in the first place? Um, well, yeah, I mean, every time I'm, I'll be at home and talk to someone, and they'll be like, oh, you play football position? And I'll tell them quarterback, and they all – they all look at me like I'm crazy, but uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of been de dealing with my whole life. Not the biggest guy, obviously, but um, I mean, my whole life, I didn't really play quarterback too much until I was a little bit older. So I think just I played other positions, kind of know how the game works, and I might be small, but I, I can I can take a pretty big hit, and uh, that's pretty much all I got to do as a quarterback, you know. Well, I guess you know it doesn't matter how big or small you are. If you got if you got a bunch of big guys blocking for you up front, exactly, uh, then you should be in good shape. And and obviously they've been doing a nice job for you. You've been finding open receivers. Don't believe you've been sacked that many times. Tell us a little about those big guys that are protecting you. Well, yeah. Uh, well, we had the two guys coming back, uh, Matt Bevan and uh, Brendan Derby. They're just two guys have been starting three or four years here now, and uh, it's a blessing to have them back. Really. But really saved my life there. But uh, the other guys that stepped in, uh, we got Trey, we got Devin Cope, and we got um, Jacob Mott. And they really just – they really stepped up more than I even thought they could. Uh, 
I had faith in them beginning of the year, but like what they've done so far against especially like Hopkins, you got Muhlenberg, you got some of the best D lines in the country we faced, and uh, they really did a good job. And it's just exciting. To, I'm just I'm excited as a quarterback just to sit back there and throw the ball. <clears throat> You're a senior. I don't know if you have a year left or not. Yeah, you can let us know uh, in terms of the whole COVID uh, scenario and if you'd uh, even uh, utilize the year. That's obviously up to you. But uh, you know, as, as a senior leader at this point. What defines the successful 2022 campaign for the Bears? I mean, you, last year it kind of got back on the radar with the win versus Muhlenberg. This year you have the kind of twofer, even with the loss against Hopkins. People were like, there they are again, and they know who you are now. So what would define success for this team in 2022? Um, I mean, a, a championship uh our goal is to win the Centennial Championship, obviously, and then uh, from there, just uh, make the playoffs. But uh, that's one thing we've really just been preaching is this room, the room I'm talking about, a science football room. Uh, we have a lot of talent and a lot of people won awards and all that, but no champions. So uh, that's one thing we really want to change. You just gain the championship because at the end of the day, that's the only thing you remember. Like when you look back 20 years from now, 15 years from now, you're not going to remember wins and losses. You remember if you won a championship or not. So, uh, that's kind of just been the biggest thing for me. I just, just want to win a championship. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm going to bail out of JB out because his uh, neighbors have their mower uh, out there today and they're making a little noise. <laughs> but uh, I've got something that's not quite what I would call noise. I, I hope you can hear this, Jack, but uh, let's see uh, what you think of this. <laughs> This ring a bell? Yeah. Heads on a different chapter, popping bottles as the man. Yeah. Increasing all the That's just me and a few friends from home. Cause I don't chat to hit them with the wave. We got this all SoundCloud. We do have to cut it at a certain point. I'll explain why in a moment, but yeah. uh, we have no problem with that. <laughs> Hey man, I've been playing music my whole life, and the fact that you're actually writing and put, producing your own stuff, that's really cool. I'm not a rap guy, I'm more of a rock and roll guy, but still, I know how hard it is to write music. So when we found out about this, I was like, that's really cool. Well, J <laughs> yeah, JB... Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Well, no, don't worry about that, but uh, JB doesn't realize that we've lined somebody else up here. Uh, actually, somebody that is better at rating uh, music than either one of us. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched our show, but uh, we have Jim Catanzaro, our Lake Forest head coach. He's actually taught uh, courses and taken some graduate courses on Wu-Tang Clan, among other things, in terms of... Uh, <laughs> Jim, you with us? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm, I'm good to be uh, excited to be on this uh, the show today. So you saw or uh, listened to Jack's music. I asked you to kind of rate it the other day when I found it and make sure, you know, and again, it's uh, adult explicit uh, language uh, at certain points in it. So please don't listen to it if you're under 18, etc. But, uh, you know, we, we don't count against that. Uh, Jim, what did you think of that music? Yeah, definitely headphones only when I had my kids around. I was taking this out. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Jack went to the Church of Danny Brown while Lil Durk and Jack Harlow were giving us a sermon. So he uh, definitely has some inspiration there. You know, the way he plays football is expecting to be a sculptor carving up people like he does defenses on the lyrics like Michelangelo. But my man paints with a big wide brush with bright colors and uh, vivid Picasso. So, you know, he has some stuff on there. Uh, I'm going to rank his songs deeper than words, number one. I'm giving TTP number two just because you have the Jimmy Buckets reference, even though I can't go into the rest of the lyric after that. Uh, we're going to put Back to Basics number three and On Deck number four. So that was kind of how I ranked him coming out. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that he's got a, got as much talent on the mic as he does on the football field. So he's going to have a great, great year with this. Jack, don't get all uh, sappy about what he just said because you may, if you get into the playoffs, see him in the playoffs at some point. It's possible this is uh, Forrester's having a good season so far. But uh, what does that make you feel like hearing that from uh, Coach Cat? <laughs> no, it's, that's great to hear. Uh, I really, a lot of a lot of the songs. Not gonna lie, my one friend from home, uh, his name's Gio Daskis. He he's the music guy behind it all. He he can play all the instruments, make all the songs. So uh, it, I can't wait to tell him after this. He's gonna be laughing. <laughs> Jim, uh, any final thoughts before we let you go, and we'll finish up with Jack. Well, if we get it, if we get a chance to meet up in the uh, playoffs, we'll have a Friday night freestyle the night before the game, and we'll have a, have a good time <laughs> out on the field too. So hopefully, we get a chance to do that. 
Sounds good. Coach, thanks for joining us. You got it. You know, listen, he we, we try. He's like the professor of hip-hop, man. He's he's no joke. <laughs> he he knows this stuff deep. So that's cool that he gave you guys such a good review. And, and it makes sense in a way. Yeah. I mean, everything musically is is a collaboration. There, there are a few people here and there that do kind of do it all, like a you know a Prince or a Dave Grohl and all that. But, yeah, I mean, it, music is sometimes like a team, right? You, everyone's got their little role. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight I'm going to be performing. My job is just to be the singer, front guy, and you know, the rest of the band is going to carry, you know, carry all the music. So it's it, it is definitely a team sport in many respects. Back to football for a second here. Uh, you know, again, what I guess we look to uh, players every so often to give us the definition of they're winning, they're losing. If uh, if you if your sinus is having a good game versus Franklin and Marshall, how do we know early in a game? Because obviously, there you get highs and lows throughout a game. What should people be watching for to know that it's your day? Absolutely, in that game tomorrow. Um, I'm really thinking if we that run game to start off. Uh... I mean, I think we got one of the best running backs in the country by Tony Holden. And uh, like I named already, the O-line. But um, I think if we get that run game started, they start packing the box a little bit. And I start doing what I do and just throw it over top. So uh, I think that's – with every game, I think if we start running the ball good, you're going to know it's going to be a, a good game for us the rest of the way. JB, do the honors. Well, Jack, other than, you know, gracing us with your football, you know, stuff your rap hip-hop experience we'd like to um let you in on a little in the huddle tradition that you've been doing for 15 seasons now um it's hard to believe actually tomorrow is going to be our 14th birthday so we're, we're teenagers oh, um and we're one yeah um so we'd like to always have the student athlete guests do shout outs any friends family coaches teammates you know Significant others, just don't forget their names because we've, we've heard people get in trouble yeah. for that. And <laughs> so just as a heads up, Jack Wazinska, the floor is yours. Um, yeah, uh, I just want to give a shout-out to my coach, uh, Coach Thompson, I call him, from uh, Springfield High School. Uh, he's been helping me out all summer. Um, my grandparents down in Baltimore. My parents, I guess, uh, friends from home, Springfield, Delco, uh, I also want to give a shout-out to my defense. Didn't really talk about them too much. And also my receivers because I think we got some of the best receivers in the country as well. That's about it. Amen. Uh, listen, we never know what we're going to get with these live shows. Hearing you, uh, you know, uh, with the music, it made me realize that we probably had a little bit of a character on our hands, though. So I felt a little <laughs> bit better when we knew that was happening. But uh, I, I'm glad that uh, you are the person receiving a little bit of the focus right now because uh, this team obviously has uh, been, uh, I hate to say it, but a doormat at times in the Centennial. And you guys are bringing it back mm-hmm. right now, you and your team. And so be proud of that no matter what happens this season. You are on everybody's radar, and they take you seriously at this point in time. Much thanks to I don't Jack Kaczynska. I don't know if you've heard, Jack, but this guy who is a, a top 25 voter for D3Football.com, he put the Bears on his ballot this past week. So people are noticing. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. going. All right. Thanks, man. More, Thank more people so should have. You. More people should have put them on your on their ballot, honestly. And I call it out on Quick Hits uh, later today on D3Football. So look for that. Jack, thanks for joining us, and good luck. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too, man. So, so JB, uh, as we transition here for a moment, uh, I, I, I'm going to ask you to do something uh, since we know where I'm going uh, tomorrow. Uh, you did it uh, when we were doing a little bit of our chat uh, before the show, and I, I think it's appropriate now for you to go ahead and show people your musical skills. Uh, you're not I, I just have, rock and roll, no. buddy. Blame it all on Frank's roots. He'll show up in boots and be the mayor on the sidelines. Ha! The last one to know. I'll be the last one to show. He was the last one you thought I'd be. Well, I'm not going to be there, unfortunately. And you'll yeah, you see should. the surprise and the look in their eyes as he stalks those sidelines in khakis. <laughs> 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 and, 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 and you say, honey, we may be through. 
But you'll never hear me complain Cause I got, Cause I got friends in low places <laughs> And the beer chases my blues so Wait, just take it easy on that during the game, Frank Yeah And I'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we get DMCA'd for this show now, uh, why don't we go to Region 3, where that game appears twice, actually. Actually, three times, if you really count it up. I'll give the floor back to you on Regions 3 and 4. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, this has been one of those games we've been talking about for months now. It's It, it shapes the playoffs every season. Um, the winner is usually in, the loser is usually out, even if they go nine and one. In the case of Mary Hart and Baylor, though, they would be looking at a second loss. And would, would the defending national champs, if they finish eight and two, get a pool C bid? Uh, maybe, maybe not. You know, it's, it's, it, in the past, the committee has not been kind to a second ASC team. Now, the fact that we have some interesting stuff building up in the South and, and you got, you know, Bell Havens now in, in the USA South, they have a big game against defending champs Huntington this weekend. Um, you know, obviously Birmingham is, is taking on a, a D2 school. It's not, so we don't view that necessarily as a game of the week because it doesn't really affect the playoffs or anything like that. It's just, it's really more for a great cause. And, um, you know, we wish them luck against D2 point university, but yeah, these are, you know, these are really the, the main games in these two regions. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I don't even think we have much other um, you know, region four stuff going on because it's just kind of conference play has kicked off. You're going to have some top teams playing some middle to you know lower rung sort of contender type stuff. It's not going to be as interesting as these matchups. Center versus Trine that you mentioned at the top of the show is, is a big interregional one as well for both I, I want to jump in on that for one second. Let's think about the fact that they thought they were going to have a quarterback when they did their uh, summer game or spring game, whatever it was. Uh, they had Trenton Duper as their quarterback. They didn't know this was going to happen to them. And for them mm-hmm. to start, what is it, 2-0, and I believe, uh, so far this season, center, uh, against uh, a trying team that's very strong. This is a good game. On paper, this is going to be yeah. very interesting to see if center continues the momentum here. And, you know, why wouldn't they be able to? Because if it's, it might take a week or two to get your footing with the new quarterback and get the rhythm, and they still won those games, they can definitely compete with trying. There's no doubt in my mind yeah. here. So this is a good yeah. game, and I'm interested to see how it turns out tomorrow. And staring me right in the face, as I said, my comment from before is actually a great region four matchup between Heidelberg and John's and John Carroll University, which your you know, pick the OAC. <laughs> yeah, my 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 pick. Duh, way to go, Baker. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing, Frank, is that this time around Heidelberg is actually the favorite coming in. They're the top 25 ranked team. You know, Carroll had that that week one loss against Washington Jefferson, who just lost last weekend. You know, are the streaks, you know, have they taken a step back? Should Heidelberg come in and win this game by a lot? I, I don't know. The student princes have a very strong squad, and they're making a case to be potentially right in the discussion with Mount Union for, for that championship run. We'll have to wait and see. Carroll could play spoiler, and that happens a lot in these conference games, though. Regions 5 and 6 are here. Let's finish it out. Yeah, so... Speaking of big conference games, you know, can can Bethel hang with St. John's? This is a potentially the first of, of two matchups between these teams because that's what we saw last year. Uh, Wheaton versus Augustana is a big matchup in the CCIW. Gustavus Adolphus versus Concordia Moorhead is a is an important matchup out in in Region Five, and then obviously the West Coast. We've seen Redlands unfortunately sort of drop off. Um, so there's opportunities for teams like Chapman, uh, Mud Scripps, or Whittier, Pomona Pitzer, actually, to, to jump in and, and maybe make a claim to that Skyac title down the road. But I think we, we seem to be in agreement on both of these two regions. Uh, we, we've got... Um, I don't think it's happened uh, this season yet, actually, that we've uh, got the same on uh, both of them on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think the St. John's Bethel game will be telling where the Mayak stands. I mean, Bethel winning that game would be considered a, a pretty significant upset at this point, with John, St. John's being ranked number two, I think, in the D3Football.com top twenty-five. And Rosty may still be out as their quarterback. Don't forget too uh, for Bethel, so that yeah, would be a yeah. huge problem for them. 
Yeah, and in spite of the loss to you know Trinity on the missed extra point, I mean Wheaton's still considered by most a top fifteen you know type of program. They will be favored against Augustana, but you know the the Augies are off to a good start too. I think they're still undefeated potentially, and so who knows? Ignore the thing on top there. It doesn't matter. Doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing, JB. Uh, Don't you worry. Like two. Okay. Yeah, you had a great week last week. I I, I don't know. I I'm trying to think back on last season if there was ever a time either one of us got everything right in a weekend. I mean, we were usually you know our average hit rate for the whole season was around seventy two ish percent. So going to ten and zero is pretty impressive, Frank. I got to have my wits about me for these picks. Apparently, we're talking about thirteen games. We are, but we're going to fit 12 in the 10 minutes. We'll take a step aside for the final game, and you can probably uh, understand what that yes, means that uh, when be. we get to it. Uh, so uh, get ready. I, I think the music is going. Uh, you're going to be going first, I believe, this week. And so I'm going to put it up on the screen, which is Salisbury at Western New England to start. And then I'm going to get the timer started right now. Go. All right, well, last season the Gulls won this pretty handily. Western New England seems like they're in more of a rebuilding phase. But Salisbury did lose to Stevenson, but I'll still take the end jack in this one, say 35 to 21 Gulls. Yeah, I mean, Western New England uh, it didn't look terrible uh, at certain points of season, but it's looked pretty bad yeah. in others. Uh, and so I, I don't know who mm. the real Bears, uh, Golden Bears are at this point. Salisbury, though, you're right, too. They've been inconsistent as well. So I'm still going to give yep. the nod to Salisbury by a final score of 42-21. I actually do think there will be a lot of points on that one. Let's go to the NASCAC. Colby at Trinity. And uh, Colby with that big win versus Williams. What happens from here? Trinity takes this game. That's what happens from here. Trinity wins this one. You see him writing it down, folks. Trinity uh, takes this one by the final score of 30-20. Yeah, I'm going to go with my hometown, Hartford State Bantams. Um, I think they'll, uh, you know, do a better job in offensively in the second half, and like what they what they had to do last week. So I'll, it'll be a close game, like 27-23, but I'll I'll take Trinity at home. Still going in a regional matchups uh, from time to time here. It's Norwich at Endicott. I have a feeling we're going to be agreeing on a few of these here. It seems Endicott, like I said, seems to be the class of New England. They just are playing at another level, especially defensively. They're hard to score points on. So I'll take the Gulls at home, I'd say like 27-7. 31-7 is actually what I was going to say. Same reason. I mean, they've barely given up any points this season with those first two games as shutouts. So, I mean, why should they stop now in that respect? Here's a really appealing game. Utica at Union. I'm going to start, I guess, here. Um, Utica has underperformed in terms of what they should win by in certain games. That Rochester game was kind of a head-scratcher, and they're, they're doing what Union has typically done at certain points in these last few years. They're playing to the level of the team in front of them. And that's an interesting problem when you have two teams that do that, going against each other here, Utica and Union. I'm going to give the edge here to the home team based on Donovan Piccati and company beginning to get a little bit of a rhythm, although they need to get a better middle of a game together uh, compared to what happened in Springfield last week. And Ikei Erebor might need to get more carries ultimately in this game to be a success for uh, Union in the running game. Running back by committee is great and you can still use it, but give him more carries, I think. Union wins this game. Uh, we'll get some points here. 34 21. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you about Irabor. I mean, I've seen him in person. He's killed Hobart the last couple of seasons. If you give him the ball, he makes things happen. And then the defenses tighten up, and then it's Andre Ross over the top for a long touchdown. So I like the Dutchman as well. I think it's going to be a high-scoring but close game, 35-31. to 31. Up next, we've got... Of all things, Kalamazoo at Alfred. I don't know how this game got scheduled, but congratulations to whoever did it. JB goes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to just defer to the MIAA. They've just been very consistent, winning lots of out-of-conference games. You know, Alfred still 0-3. I think they're a young team. They'll be back, but I think Kalamazoo walks away with a win, say, 34-21. to 
What fun is this? Uh, Kalamazoo, uh, you know, wins. Uh, we agree again. Uh, so, uh, you know, you didn't check. You didn't pick the uh, chicken rig riggies, which uh, surprised me a little bit there. So, yeah, I thought about that, but this Eurobor and and Ross are just a lot to to deal with. So now Kalamazoo, so we agree with this. Rossies too. Yeah, thirty to seventeen in favor of Kalamazoo in this game. Let's continue with. Our guest versus Franklin and Marshall. You know what? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the uh, powder on this. I'm gonna take the diplomats. And after what happened last week, where I basically said they didn't stand a chance in hell, your sinus. Uh, maybe they're going to use that as motivation here. So it's it's a win-win for me, ultimately. I, I think Franklin Marshall does have a certain rhythm going this season. I'm going to pick them to win this game 35-28. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was, I was wondering about that, too, because their defense played pretty well against Susquehanna. It was those special teams plays that really did them in. So if they can shore that up, the dips could pull it off, but... I don't know. The Bears seem to be riding high. They've got that great running back that, that Jack told us about. So I'll go with the Bears uh, in a lower scoring, say 21-17 kind of battle. We're at halftime, and we're about halfway through. So we're working well here with Bellhaven at Huntingdon, a USA South matchup now. Go ahead. This is one I've really struggled with because it seems like we always under underestimate Huntington like all the time. Bellhaven is great. It's their first year in this conference. They were a solid team last year in the ASC. Uh, I, mean, I'm, I think I'm just going to have to go with the home team here because it seems like every time I pick against Huntington, they win. Nothing against Bellhaven. They have a great team, and they probably will win this game. But I don't know. There's something about Huntington at home. They're tough to knock off there in Alabama. Struggled too, and I still am. Uh, I would go Bell Haven here on the road uh, with uh, the. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's tough when you're playing a team you're not used to playing, and it's a conference game suddenly. So this is a weird yeah, situation right for everybody. So I'm going to say Bell Haven wins it 37 34. Nice high scoring game, actually, and I think that favors Bell Haven when it happens. Heidelberg at John Carroll. <laughs> Donaldson, listen, you're right. New York guys got to stick together. Your defense has been playing lights out. Heidelberg wins this game 27-10. Yeah, I'll stick with the student princes also. Even though it's a home game for John Carroll and they're coming off a big win over a conference rival. But they struggled with a little bit um, here and there. I mean, the, the score was kind of more lopsided due to the pick six. But anyway, yeah, I'll take Heidelberg 28-14. Center at Trine, we talked about a little bit earlier. Now we get to pick it. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the Thunder is just a, a, a tough team to beat, especially at home. Um, you know, they've got a good combo on offense and defense. So, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the home team. This game, I think, is going to test the lights on the scoreboard, though, like 45 to 42. I'm not feeling that. I, I'll be honest. I'm going to go center here. I, I, I'm gonna, okay. I don't know why I'm picking so many road teams today, uh, but I'm going to go center. Like I said, they, they had the ship righted already with a quarterback that wasn't even supposed to be their starting quarterback. Yeah. I, I just I feel like there's a lot of emotion in this team right now, and that's uh, parlaying itself into wins. Center, I'm going to give the win to uh, 21-17. I don't see the lights out on that scoreboard in this one for some reason. Hmm. Wheaton at Augustana to the CCIW. I'm going to go Wheaton here. Uh, running out of time, so I'm not going to go too long as to why, but uh, look, I, I think what happened to Trinity left a bad taste in Wheaton's mouth, and I think that they're going to be a pretty good team. Uh, next week, we'll probably put some tests to that, if I remember correctly. Is that when our uh, big game yeah. is coming up there? So, Wheaton. Yeah, October 1, I think. Yep. 37 14. Yeah, I'll take the Thunder on the road, um, say 42 to 27. St. John's at Bethel in Region 6 in the Mayak, or Miak. St. John's, I think, you know, Bethel had that loss. They, they may or may not have their starting quarterback. It just seems easier to pick the Johnnies. I think it might be close early, but 37 to 14 win later. St. John's as well here. Uh, 40, 
Actually, no, 30 to 20. Uh, clear map mud scripts really wouldn't fit or anything near it, so we'll just go CMS at Redlands. Uh, Redlands is not going to start 0 and 4. That's all I'm going to tell you here. This is a non-conference game, I should tell you, although it's uh, term Skyak in there. They're playing each other twice. This is because of where they're located and not trying to get a, uh, another road game. This is a non-conference yeah. game, folks, against conference opponents or between conference opponents. Um, I'm going to give the edge here to Redlands by this final score of 17-14. Yeah, the dogs at home seem like a good pick. Um Lower scoring game, maybe like a 21-17, but I think they'll hang on. We'll put the music down. Clock will stay up for now. It'll go to zero. We know that. Here it is. It will? Okay. UMHB oh, at Hardin-Simmons. I've heard of this. I've heard of these schools. Yes. This um, interesting. Okay. You first. Whew. Well... I remember we had some fun, I think, in the spring of 21 around this game, and, and I I was calling for the upset for Harden-Simmons. They didn't come through. They lost by eight. Um, and, yeah, when you just look at the, the track record, it's hard to pick against the Crusaders because they've just had their number for, what is this now, the seventh or so game in a row. Um, they've won... Was it 2016? Was that the last time that Harden Simmons won? 2015. A game in this? 2015. So, yeah, eight years ago, seven years ago. Ooh. Um, like you said, this could be the one. This is probably the best opportunity for the Cowboys to knock these guys off. But I just, I feel like mentally the Crusaders just have this, they'll find a way to, to win the game and if things start going a little sideways for the Cowboys it'll just be here we go again um, I think it's going to be kind of like that Warhawk game um, 28 to 24 give or take but I'm going to give a slight edge to the Crusaders they should have probably beaten Whitewater honestly Frank they got just like they did in that playoff game I think it was in 2015 or whatever it was where they kind of get, they get conservative on the goal line and some of the play calls that they made there at the end of the game. And the guy basically dropped the winning touchdown on fourth down. Um, I, I just think the Crusaders are a teeny bit better. So I'll, I'll go with them. This is, this is going to surprise a lot of people. I am not picking UMHB in this game. Uh, and here are my reasons for it. Uh, the defense is a problem right now uh, compared to what they should be at. They have given up 300-plus yards in every game this season so far, all three of them. And mm. they've also not been able to generate plays for the offense versus White, Wisconsin-Whitewater, only 51 plays for the offense of Mary Harden-Baylor. Last week, even in the big win, just 50. Now, I understand, and I say this in quick hits today, scoring fast can mean, you know, not many plays. I get that. But yeah. some, something still should be uh, turning over the ball on defense quick against that same team. Against Southwestern, they should have been able to equalize the number of plays in a way that even gave Mary Harn Baylor a slight advantage so that later in the game when they're running running plays with their second stringers, they're still getting the advantage in that situation. So something's not right here right now with the defense. So, is the offense of Mary Harden-Baylor the problem? Not usually. And they'll score. Mm -hmm. They will get points in this game, no doubt. Yeah. The problem is they're going to end up with a shootout situation, I fear, here, versus Harden-Simmons. And Harden-Simmons is going to play the RPI method. Shorten the game, use the runs, get the first downs as they need them, take the play clock down to two, three seconds, and make this thing so that Mary Harden-Baylor has, again, 50 plays on offense. So, I think despite Gatlin or uh, Galen Glenn's um, numbers Glenn, from last yeah. week, which were pretty paltry for a uh, game where we had you know forty to you know very little on the scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, Zippo. I, yeah, I I think the running game of Harden Simmons will be enough to carry them through. Uh, rip off you know twenty fifteen yard runs here there and everywhere it might actually happen in Abilene. I'm going to pick Harden Simmons in this game, 28-24, in their favor. So yeah, uh, uh, similar score. score, but flipped it over. Okay, yep. interesting. All right. Well, 
you know, and we, we agreed on a lot, but we do have a couple of, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, four games where we don't, we're, we're not on the same page. So that'll be, that'll be the swing. We'll see what happens. JB, in case people missed it at the front of the show, we'll play this one more time, talk about our coverage coming out of it. One moment here though, and sit back and relax. So does this mean I have to uh, make sure that I'm home at six o'clock tomorrow? <laughs> Talking on the mute button again, Frank. <laughs> That's what's going on. So uh, yeah. a lot of people... I was like, it was a dramatic pause. It was very, I was like, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> so I was saying a lot of people are going to have uh, feelings about the fact that we're showing nothing but UMHB highlights uh, in that. And uh, the point is, uh, this game has been one-sided in terms of the tally over the last 21 years, as we pointed out. Uh, with two wins by Harden-Simmons, but both offset by playoff wins by Mary Harden-Baylor in the same year. So it's time for Harden-Simmons to put up or shut up here. Uh, the ASC may come down to this game once again, and uh, we will be uh, with a kickoff at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Central. We will be going on Twitter, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central at Frank Rossi, at D3FB Huddle. We don't know the technology situation there, so we're not going to uh, commit to a, for a formal pregame show, but we will have coverage throughout. So watch us on Twitter, and then obviously during the game, we'll get you some highlights, and then after that, uh, post-game reactions, no matter what happens, uh, in some, some way, shape, or form, the winning team, and I will uh, have some interviews uh, for you at that point in time. So... 
this obviously isn't the only game out there, as we've pointed out, some really compelling matchups throughout the country, but we will keep probably coming back to this one. Fittingly, it's at night. It kind of ends a lot of the attention nationally, except on the West Coast. Last thoughts here on week four coming up. Well, we're kind of at the point in the season where out-of-conference games, your last tune-up is, is either happening this weekend or you're kicking off or, and, or you've already started your conference season for the conferences with more teams. It's been going for a week or two, and, and now you're getting into some big, almost conference championship types of games, even this early on, which is kind of crazy. But uh, conference season is really upon us. This is where we'll start seeing how things stack up when it comes to the playoffs. And um, this weekend, we'll sort of set the table for that, especially with this really huge matchup in Texas. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin kind of taking the week off. They're getting to watch this, sit back, relax, and see what this Pool C race will end up looking like to a certain degree. Yeah, really. But Pool C is going to be so interesting based on the carnage we've seen in the out-of-conference games across the country with the major matchups that we've had. The committee is going to have one of their hardest jobs ever this year with Pool C, despite only having five teams to pick from, uh, or pick uh, from probably a collection of about 15-ish that present themselves as good options every year, it seems like. So we'll see. If they had to dig down into 8-2, and two, that opens up a whole can of worms, and that means the regional rankings will matter more than ever. We'll see those for the first time in about five weeks. So we're a long ways off there, folks. But... In the meantime, you know, we'll give you some best estimates, guesstimates, and everything else here on In the Huddle. JB, I will see you next time uh, we see each other, technically on camera, in Abilene, Texas. So, excited to get there. Uh, excited to see yeah. this game. A little less foolishness, a little bit more pomp and circumstance here of what this game means. Because it is huge. We cannot underestimate it. And we will see you at that tussle in Texas in Abilene tomorrow. Thanks for watching us, folks. We'll see you throughout the weekend and on Monday or Tuesday with our Crunch Time show as always. Have a good one.